This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, June 5th, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today we have two stories of a death, both of young men. In the Old Testament, we have the widow of Zarephath, who Elijah has gone to. And just prior to this, we had the miracle where he had her fix for him honey cakes, and she used all of the flour and the honey that he had, and as a result, uh, that she had. And as a result, all of the, um, the flour and the honey kept replenishing over and over and over and over again, which was pretty good. But she still didn't trust Elijah a whole lot. And we're not really told why. You have to know a little bit of the background to understand why. The reason why the widow of Zarephath does not trust Elijah is because Elijah is a Jew. And Zarephath is a Gentile city. As a matter of fact, Zarephath is where uh, Jezebel comes from. It's her hometown. You know, remember Jezebel? Jezebel's married to Ahab, the king of Israel, and she wants Elijah dead. So uh, for Elijah to go to Jezebel's hometown, it's the only logic I could ever figure out. He thought, they'll never look for me there. I mean, I can't think of any other reason why he would go there. So he is there. Well, what happens is that after all this miracle with the honey and the, the, the flour, now all of a sudden her son dies. And she has been convinced all along that this was going to be bad. Something bad was going to come upon her house. And so she blames God and she blames Elijah for what has happened. And so Elijah prays to God to restore life to this young man. And it says that he, he lie down on him three times. Lay down on top of him three times um, and prayed each time. And then life came back into the young man. And that the woman finally believed that what Elijah said was the truth. And that his God was a God of truth. Now, juxtaposed to this, we have another story of the healing of a young man from death, and that's the story of another widow, the widow of Nain. Nain is a, a, a town that's about, oh, five miles south of Nazareth, and about probably 35 miles southwest of uh, uh, Capernaum, where Jesus had been staying. And so he's on his way there, apparently. And it says that, that with him is traveling a large crowd. So it's not just his usual 12 and you know, the other few disciples who aren't part of the 12 who follow along, but he's got a lot of people following him. And so as they're traveling, you know, it's almost like a parade from Capernaum all the way to Nain. And when he gets to Nain, he gets to the city gate because cities were walled at that time to help protect the city. And so he gets to the city gate and lo and behold, what does he run into? Another parade. And this one is a funeral parade. In this case, a widow of this town who um, had only one son, um, her son had died. And she is weeping uncontrollably, partly because of the loss of her son, which would be horrible, but also because of the loss of her livelihood, because the only way for a woman to support herself in that time was either to have a husband or have a son who would support her. And this was her only son. So she has really no hope at all. So you have these conflicting parades, one coming in the gate, um, from the outside, one coming in the gate from the inside, and they run into each other. Well, the very first thing that Jesus says to this woman is, do not weep. Now picture this, you go to a funeral home, and somebody's crying because their only son is dead, and you walk up and say, don't cry, 
wouldn't make you very popular. I mean, <laughs> they'd be going, what? What are you talking about? And then Jesus does something even odder. He goes up and he lays his hands on the funeral bier, the platform that they're carrying the young man on, and lays his hand on it. And up until that point, the pallbearers had just kept walking. But now that they've stopped because you've got you know, your head to head. And he looks at the young man and he says, young man, rise. And it says the young man rose up and that he even started speaking. So they know that it wasn't just a matter of that he was um, um, you know, having an involuntary muscle contraction or something after death, that he's talking, so obviously he's alive. And then Jesus gives the, the man, young man back to his mother, much as Elijah did to the widow of Zarephath. Two very similar stories that we have here, and part of it fulfills this prophecy of the return of Elijah, the great prophet. But it does call into question for ourselves, what do we think about death? Or do we even think about death? Usually the best way to avoid death is to pretend it doesn't exist, right? Because if it doesn't exist, then I don't have to worry about it. And well, okay, it exists, but it exists for other people, not me. Because when it exists for me, that, that gets too hard to deal with. There's somebody I care about. And yet, in reality, we all know that death has become a normal part of life. I won't call it natural because it wasn't meant to be so from the beginning, but it's normal because of the fall that death has come into the world. And it tells us something about death and about how we might approach it and what it's about. When we approach death on our own, we can approach it one of two ways, and I've seen people do it both ways. We can approach it with confidence that it's only the beginning of a new life, or we can approach it with great terror, being unsure what's on the other side, not knowing whether all these stories that we've heard about God raising us from the dead are true or not. You know, and I've seen people from both sides of the, of the aisle do that, really. People who you would think were good Christian people, who came to church every Sunday, who faced death, but they were terrified. And I've seen people who rarely went to church who faced death and were, well, that's okay. You know, it'll work fine. You know, so it's really kind of amazing how we come to it. But how we approach death is important because none of us know when that day will come. For some people, it comes very, very young, even in infanthood. For some, it comes a little later in, in teenage years or young adulthood. And for others, they live a very long life. But ultimately, it always comes. And so, what do we do when we are faced with death? How do we deal with that? And even more so, how do we reckon the fact that Jesus heals the, the young man 